This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Your Time podcast. I am so excited today to talk with a new friend of mine, Jackie Avilas. Am I saying your last name right, Jackie? Yes, it's uh, it's Jackie Aviles. You got to put that last name to it. <laughs> oh man, okay, I like it. I think it sounds way cooler that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks thank for you. having me. Yes, thank you so much. I know we have connected over Instagram and I, I don't, are you in the called creatives community? Is that how I met you? Um, actually you met me through the go and tell gals community. Okay. There's also so many. <laughs> yes. And, and the called creatives is amazing. I love Lisa and Allie. They're great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think maybe, um, through when I, um, met Brittany Estes, uh, maybe it was like through that connection. But oh, yes. Regardless, I love, too. <laughs> um, I love the go and tell gals community as well. So just get us started by telling us a little bit about who you are, who your family is and sort of what your life is like right now. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I'm actually a mom of two boys. Um, I'm a pastor's wife here in Miami, Florida. I attend a church called Christ Fellowship Miami. And uh, my husband's been pastoring there for, for some time now, many years. And I'm also a licensed hope coach. Um, and I actually got licensed through Go and Tell Gals. So it's funny that you that you mentioned them. And um, I brought up this, this ministry that God just called me to um, to really just coach women uh, through suffering and through their pressing times. Um, and that is called press toward purpose. So that is what I do, <laughs> what I love. Um, and yeah, it just birthed from a really, really crazy story in my life. Yes. We're going to get into that, but before we do, um, <laughs> so go and tell gals now that that is started by Jess Connolly, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Jess Connolly is incredible. If you're not following her, do so right now. Um, she is just, she's my coach, but she's an incredible, just woman on mission, um, who has just a love for others and, and the calling, uh, to equip them in what God has called them to do. So she's a beautiful person. So in terms of being a, a hope coach, what does that mean exactly? And how does that work? Yeah. So, um, it actually came about through my story. Um, about five years ago, I was, I was a very broken mom. I was recent, you know, overwhelmed pastor's wife. Um, and I had just been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And so I needed this way to really just get up, move forward, you know, from it all. And also still walk in a season where I could feel, and I could experience, um, the hope of Jesus because I really, really needed that. And so during that time, um, I just remember feeling this desperation, um, kind of like the one that, you know, the scripture talks about, we see so many people in the scripture that, uh, throughout the Bible, they're coming out from rooftops, you know, to get to Jesus. There's this women getting, uh, stepped on and pushed through this massive crowd just to be able to touch his, his garment to be healed. And so it's this desperation, 
for Jesus that I felt um, so, so um, in depth. And uh, it wasn't necessarily for the healing that he could give me, but just simply for him. Like I needed something greater uh, to believe in someone greater than myself. And so as I walked with him through this journey, I got to know the character of God um, even more. And you know, his faithfulness and his kindness and his sustaining providence really showed up in my life. It wasn't easy, but he was a constant. And so as my hope grew, it also, like I said earlier, just birthed this urgency to share hope to everyone around me and to really serve others in the same situations. And um, I just noticed there was a ton of hope killers is what I like to call them um, that really just try to come for you. There's these threats, you know, during suffering that want to push you down and that Um, you know, want to keep you chained to your suffering. And so I said, no more, you know, because of the gospel Christians, you know, we have this, this beautiful hope and we can walk unchained from our suffering and unafraid of our future. And so that's really kind of what press toward purpose is, what my coaching, um, what I do with one-on-one coaching is just uh, really try to help equip women uh, to identify these hope killers that are threatening their lives and just get them to stepping into their calling. Do you work with a lot of people that are facing illness like you were? I do. I do. So one of the, that's like the biggest niche that I do have now, everyone goes through suffering. Um, but it's such a closeness to, to my story and a relatability that I have with them. Uh, there's women who are struggling through depression for years, um, who are literally being debilitated by this, um, anxiety, cancer, um, just paralysis, things like that. So I just help women just receive that hope that Christ gave me during my time of suffering and help them, you know, get up and and get moving. So yes, I would definitely say that is my niche. (laughs) Well, let's go back. I want to go back a little bit to the beginning of your cancer story. I mean, that's such a shocking diagnosis to get as a very young woman. So, you know, what was that like? I mean, how did you initially think something was wrong? And then what went through your mind when you got this insane diagnosis? Oh my goodness. It was crazy. Like, like it was just, yes, it was shocking. Um, I just remember standing in my closet and I was changing and, um, my children were like one in three at the time. Um, and I just felt this huge lump in my chest area and I, I immediately knew like there was just a Mm. huge, like overwhelming sense of discernment. Like I didn't speak it, but I thought it. And I said, in my mind, I have cancer. Like Mm -hmm. I just, this is it. And so, um, you know, it began like just going into my lymph nodes and under my arm, causing this really, really bad pain. Um, and I went to the, to two different urgent cares. Um, they said nothing was wrong. Um, I went to several doctors. They said the same thing. You're too young cancer. You know, that's not possible. Um, and I just went about with my life, you know, taking some ibuprofen for the pain and, and, just oh, scary that a doctor would tell you that. Yes, it is very scary, which is why I highly recommend it's called feel it on the first. Um, and it's super vulnerable, you know, and it makes people uncomfortable, but please, 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 whoever is listening, like no matter what age you are, 
like go to the doctor, get checked, like make sure that you know your body. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, it ended up being a stage three cancer and then, um, eventually spread to my bones, creating it stage four cancer. Um, and I just remember this horrible experience, you know, some days it still is. Um, but when I think about having to write a will, uh, just sitting there with with our lawyers and just writing a will. Uh, when I think about telling my kids that their mommy was going to heaven, when I think about you know picking out a casket, having to pick out a casket, because essentially what had happened was I was given seven percent chance of life, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to about six months to live. And so that was just I get chills right now. I like have just saying that. I do. <laughs> It's just crazy. Um, And so I just, I wondered if I would grow old with my husband, if I would see my kids graduate, if I, even my next breath, like what was happening? Like what was going to happen? So the unknown became very, very scary for me. Um, But again, I definitely just like saw God move in and throughout those years. It took a long time, guys. Like it was hard. This is not an easy journey, Um, you know, And this, it's crazy because what I say now is that I just truly thought that cancer would ruin me. It would ruin my faith. um, And it would ruin just a lot of things that I wanted to do for the Lord. Like just the limitation I had with chemotherapy and the bed rest and the surgeries and the fatigue, you know, it's just crippling. But God, God is so good and so kind and his ways are so much higher than ours. And so I came to really find out that he used this time in bed, you know, as the pulpit of praise and many, many blessings to come in my life. Like there were so many devastating things happening in my life um, that at the time that cancer hit, you know, it kind of forced me to rest. Um, And Enogram 8 which is me, they don't rest. <laughs> like, like we just go, go, go. And so I just see it as a blessing. You know, my friendships were made stronger. My calling became clearer. Um, the love for my family grew deeper. And so that time, you know, though I was limited physically, I developed uh, this beautiful gift of writing and I began to just jot down blessings. And I started my sharing my story and, and just speaking out to people. And, and I just saw God in the mundane, you know, and to this day, I just really believe that cancer healed me. It healed me of anxiety. It healed me of pride, of self-reliance, of dependence on myself and of the world, on doctors. And it was just definitely a blessing over my life. So it's great to say after all that, you know, uh, negative talk, I guess I would say after all that real hurt and pain, it's really, really good to say, um, and to celebrate today. Um, because last month I actually received after battling five years of cancer, um, I received the news that I was cancer free. So we are celebrating, we are rejoicing. I want to, Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm like crying right now. Oh, that's so great. I'm emotional. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful. God is he's, he's good. He's constant. He's real, you know, and I'm just, I, I'm forever thankful. You know, the, the scripture verse that comes up to my mind is just, who am I? Who am I that he is mindful of me? 
who are we guys, you know, and <laughs> it's crazy, Erica, <laughs> but yeah. we're celebrating. That is crazy. And I mean, when you're living through that, especially like as you're waiting, because I know every cancer patient is waiting for that five-year mark, right? Yeah. And so you're going to the doctor, I'm sure every six months or so checking back, you know, how did you deal with sort of the anxiety of every time going back and wondering if it was going to be back? Yeah, that was, uh, man, that was really, really hard. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would do that I would do back would just be remember, like, just remember what God did. Remember the good, you know, remember what I'm thankful for. Um, fear is, always going to try to creep in. Um, but again, what helps me face every day is just remembering that in spite of all the ups and downs in my life, like the hope for my soul does not depend on whether my appointment stopped, on whether my pain stops. You know, it depends on placing both feet on the ground every single day, every single morning, trusting and believing in God um, who really just walks before me. And so understanding that and knowing that was really, really hard for me. It was definitely a journey. Um, but if the only thing that you can do today in your suffering is just put both feet on the ground, like good, you know, good, because the rest of it, just leave it up to Christ. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I, I get through every day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for this celebration of life that I, that I'm able to enjoy right now with having the news of cancer free. Um, but days are still hard, you know, and, uh, I just try to see the wins in everything. You see the wins in everything and just, and just remember the little things, you know, go back to those first fruits of, of God giving you grace and mercy and breath in your lungs and family and health. Go back to what you know to be true. How did your experience change your perspective or your, um, the way that you parent? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So motherhood <laughs> asked that question before, but it just popped into my head. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, motherhood I say is the hardest hood out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a hood for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think about, you know, I think about it now and again, I just get so choked up because there was one point, like I said earlier, that I just, I had to tell my kids that I was going to heaven. Like we had to plan this out. We had to prepare them as much as possible um, for them to understand what it was for God to, you know, take me to heaven. Um, and so it became this ongoing conversation and um, in our home, and it was a good conversation um, in their eyes. Right. And it was good overall, but deep down as a mom, I wanted that. Yes. On this side of heaven, like I needed that. Yes. On this side of heaven. Um, and I wanted to be healed and not so much because I needed it, but because my children needed it. And I was like, I just remember asking God, like, show yourself, please. Like, like God, please just show yourself to my kids. They need to know that you are real. They need to know that you um, that you are a healer, that you have that power, you know, at such a young age, reveal to them. Because I can tell them so much and I can exemplify so much, 
but it's God who, who comes down and just reveals these supernatural events. And so, um, I wanted that I, they needed to see, uh, God's healing hand on this side of heaven. And so I prayed, I prayed for their faith to increase as a mom. Um, but I had been hiding the way that I felt from them. And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes because though I wanted them to see God, right? This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Um, and his healing power. At the same time, I had been hiding the way that I felt. Um, I had been hiding the pain. I had, uh, you know, not let them see me crying or hurt or tired. Um, you know, it was always the smile as best as possible. And that's not how I wanted them to remember their mommy. So that's why I did that. Um, and there was this one night that I'll never forget my oldest at the time he was three three or four. And he said, mommy, will will we get to see Jesus one day? And I said, yes, baby, one day Jesus will come to get us and he's going to take us to heaven. And then he said, and then you're going to be better, right, mommy? And I said, yes, my Leo, I will be all better. And I just remember like him getting it. I remember him getting it. And then he was like, okay, that's nice. (laughs) And you know, a three or four year old, he turns around, you know, tucks his shoulders under the covers and just goes back to sleep. But that broke me like that moment as a mom, just broken, sick, tired, losing hope, saying goodbye to my kiddos, you know, mentally, um, God just really used my son to bring those truths out again. And I, I just had no clue how desperately I needed my baby boy at that moment. And one truth um, that I'll never forget that my son taught me that night was that a deeply satisfying life is not found in striving to be better, in striving to be perfect, in striving to have it all together. In Christ, we're free. Amen. So like in Christ, we're free. We're free to walk imperfectly and we can, we can let our brokenness show. We can let that brokenness draw us to God. You know, my kids did not need a healthy, perfect, better mom. It's, it's, they needed a broken mom. And, and I always say, it's not the better way. It's the broken way. So man, our kids just teach us so much. So as a mom, I really learned a lot during that time. Wow, you have a lot of wisdom, Jackie. I am no. <laughs> taking it all in, seriously, taking it all in. So when the doctors look at your case, I mean, are they saying like, this is a miracle? Yes, it's so funny because when I got the news, 
um, that I was cancer free, I was the one, <laughs> like I, I had to repent afterward. Cause I'm like, I'm so sorry, God. I was the one, like, are you sure? You know, like questioning <laughs> and God had done the miracle. And, and I would ask the doctor and I'm like, okay, so what about my brain scan? And she's like, clean. I'm like, what about my heart? She's like, clean. What about my lungs? Clean. What about my chest? Clean. What about my bones? Clean. And it's like, clean, 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 clean. And I'm just like, Lord, like, this is incredible. And I knew at the moment, my doctor knew at the moment, we both knew at the moment that this was God and only God. It was Mm. a, it was a miracle. So what do you do? What did you do? That was just recently, right? Yes. Yes. Like, like <laughs> a couple, couple weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Actually a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A couple weeks ago. So like, what do you, what did you do? Did you go celebrate? <laughs> it's so funny because I, I went home, like I drove the whole way. I literally, I couldn't talk. I, I just was in shock. Like, I was just in shock and I drove the whole way and I went home <laughs> and I told my husband, I was like, babe, so my scans are clean and I'm cancer free. And it's hilarious because he looked at me and he's like, well, I knew it. I knew it. That's what God does. And then he just broke down crying. Oh. Like it was just like, it was like his pride was in the way he's like, well, that's what God does. Like I knew it. But then it was like the expectation of the actual healing was, was a gift to us. And it was, man, we just cried together. We celebrated with family. We took pictures. I posted it on Instagram <laughs> for my family there. Um, so wow. it's just beautiful. We're still celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think it was, it was a while after I started following you that I even knew that you had cancer. Like I, you know, <laughs> I had seen a lot of your messages and enjoyed your content. And then one, one day you had posted something about it. I don't remember exactly what. And I was like, oh my gosh, she has an amazing story and she's not talking about it all the time, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just like, wow, like that is incredible. Yes. Um, so when you're online, obviously you're doing your coaching and things like that, but do you have an intent or a goal or, or some kind of intention behind what you're doing in your online space? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I love my online people. Seriously. Like this is the, you guys are the only thing that keeps me going back to that little app yeah. because it's like, it's everything else outside of it is so hard. Um, and especially as a business owner, but man, the people are just beautiful and I love them so much. And so I guess the two things that I would, that my intentions are online, the first one would be just to share the hope of Jesus. Like hope is where it's at. (laughs) And then the second one would just be to, to meet people in their pain. And I really have found um, just a very creative way to be able to do that and to really listen um, to others through a post. So you know, we, we, as just a generation have to do better. Um, and I'm speaking for myself again here, just to do better in writing to listen. And I know that sounds weird, but here's what I mean by that. Um, listening does not reject it embraces. And so people don't need to be fixed, right? They need to be loved. They need to be held. They need to be heard. And so on Instagram, I try to focus on affirmations, um, encouragement, you know, 
more than answers and fixes. And so writing to listen, when I say that, um, if that makes sense, it really just requires a lot of self-control, a lot of patience, a lot of personal awareness that we are not God. We are not God. And in this age of social media, we can easily forget to sit and listen to someone's pain or to write to them and meet them where they are. And so it is so humbling and inviting. Um, just that Jesus, this inviting gesture that, that Jesus gives us to really be quick to admit that we don't have all the answers that he does and that he's close to the weary and the brokenhearted. And so I just really want people to believe that God loves them, that there is hope even in the midst of darkest seasons. Um, and I've really learned that God has just this beautiful way of redeeming this platform for his glory. And that's by connecting me to like-minded women, to like-minded people like you, Erica. <laughs> um, and really uh, our job is just to steward it well, as best as we can. Um, and I try to do that through my writing. So. Um, I love what you said. I want to repeat it, which is that people don't need to be fixed. They need to be loved. And I think that is such Absolutely. an important concept. And as you may know, one of my big focuses is the church. And mm. um, as a pastor's wife, I have to ask you about that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that's a great a great concept for the church. Like don't try to fix the people that come to your church, just try to love them. Oh, Um, absolutely. And so, you know, in this day and age, you know, and and church has been weird because of the pandemic. So we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of people out, you know, uh, our habits around church have changed or like gone in a negative direction. So what, what would you say about how the church is important to a Christian's life and why it matters to be, a part of that community. Yes. So yes, church is so important and, and it's not necessarily the building. It's the community. Like you said, it's the family that we have in Christ. You know, there's community within the Trinity. Um, And so I think this is something that's so special that is given to us and something that we can cultivate very easily as well. Um, You know, community, I always say it covers a thousand threats. And for me or for those who are suffering in specific, um, whether that be depression, anxiety, loneliness, illness, sin, you know, community is crucial. Like we need people. You know, the Bible says um, that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's not seeking for those with a tight grip on Jesus. He's seeking for those whom for those who are easy to devour. And so when you have an army of people, when you have a church family, right? When you have this community of people who are ready to help you carry your cross, um, it's very hard for you to fall astray. It's harder for you to, to be devoured. It's harder for you to doubt. It's harder for you to shift your gaze away from Christ. Um, and so And that's because, you know, we have accountability, we have comfort, we have encouragement, we have love, we have discipleship, you know, we have this family. And so I've had that in my church and in in Christ Fellowship Miami. Um, These people have seen me in my hardest days. They've seen me in my worst days. (laughs) You know, they have reminded me of, of the promises of God when my faith was weak and they've prayed over me when my spirit was weary. Um, They've also showed me like, just tangible love, you know, they've showed up 
when I was alone and afraid. And now um, being on the other side of it, being on the other side of suffering, God has just been teaching me. um, And I've learned so much that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And a lot of times we zoom past the scripture verse, um, but it's so, so beautiful because God stands, you know, wholeheartedly with us in our suffering so that we will stand wholeheartedly with others um, during their suffering. And, and he never leaves us alone in our suffering so that we too won't leave others alone in their suffering. Um, and I just believe it's a beautiful way um, just to spend life. Um, it's a beautiful way comfort spreads. Um, community covers just a multitude of threats. And I will hold that dear to my heart forever and ever. We need community. We need it. Yes. That's so great. That's a great answer. Um, Last question, Jackie. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I always like to know who are you reading, listening to? Who are some of the people that you're following that you could recommend to us? Oh my goodness. I have a list. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, So I love, I'm a reader. I love reading. Um, So I have been reading some books and I think these ladies are great to follow. Uh, Breaking Free from Body Shame just came out from Jess Connolly. She's actually my coach. We talked about her earlier. She's incredible. Um, Follow her. Abuelita Faith by Kat Armas. Um, Just great theology there, specifically for women. Um, And then Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. I mean, everyone loves Jackie Hill Perry. Um, But I also have my friend, Ariana Rivera. She is incredible. She's actually one of the founders um, for Latinas Loving Jesus. And so it just, it's an incredible Instagram that you should follow. Bethany Ricks um, is great too, uh, My Way With Words. And yeah, those are some people that follow them, uh, read their books. (laughs) Um, And then obviously this podcast is incredible. Oh. Well, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm just so all about like getting encouragement and like supporting other women that are doing this work out here mm-hmm. doing their own, because everyone sort of has their own individual ministry, you know, and that's the cool thing about the internet, I guess. Um, right. We can do that and we can all speak to these people in our lives because we are all leaders in our own way. Even if it's just a few people that are following you, we have such an opportunity to influence people, um, and what we say and what we do every day. And, uh, Oh, you know what? One thing last yes. thing I'll ask you Tell me. <laughs> is you're, you're writing a book. I am <laughs> before you go. So I am, um, I cannot give out a little, a little too much information, but, uh, right now I, just completed my book proposal and it's in really, really beautiful hands and we're just praying over it. Um, so I'm hoping to have a book, uh, just published soon. <laughs> so wait, you, and you got into a program, right? Um, yes, I got into, yeah. So it's called the uh, book proposal bootcamp and it's a, um, ongoing ministry coaching ministry from compel, which is from Lisa Turkis. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And so if you follow Lisa, you know that she's, um, you know, the founder, um, president of P31. And so she created this compel coaching training for writers. And through that and Thomas Nelson um, and Harper Collins, they actually have a book line. And so the book proposal bootcamp, you kind of, you know, submit your, your concept, your idea for the book. And uh, if you get accepted, you go through this intense 13 week 
boot camp. And at the end of it, you have a full book proposal and uh, you take the next steps to see if you get published. So it's amazing. It's inc- it's an incredible resource. It has changed my life. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Well, um, I would love to hear more about that another time. That's really cool because that really gives writers, people that... Um, you know, may need a little bit more direction. Absolutely. Like, to learn from, I mean, Lisa Turkhurst, hello, like, <laughs> like the greatest. So, yes. And um, she has the right. best, the best coaches too. So <laughs> well, Jackie, hang on just a second when we close up and I'll, and we'll say bye separately, but thank you everyone for listening today. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.